settling is not an option for me. Everything I desire is already mine. What if you can have it all? Because every day is for the girls. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of For the Girls. I'm your host, Victoria Alario. And today we are doing a little gut check. Yes, you heard correctly. We're talking health and wellness and your gut and how it is really the core foundation of everything and why we need to be really, really kind to our gut. Our guest today is actually my best friend since we are 13-year-old freshman in high school. So we have been through it all. And if there's anybody who knows her stuff that I trust when it comes to your gut, it is my bestie, Noelle Malpezo. She is a certified dietitian nutrition coach. And she is just so, so, so passionate about health in general. But of course, your gut health comes up so much. It's something that we talk about all the time. Just as women, I feel like all of our main complaints really do stem down to the overall health of your gut. So I thought it was a perfect topic for the girls to listen to from someone who really dedicates her whole life to informing and educating people with her knowledge on health. Okay, I am so excited. We are here with my bestie, Noelle Malpezo. I'm so, so, so hyped to be talking to you on this podcast, this is very funny because we're biffles since we're in high school. We talk about this kind of stuff all the time in the group chat in a more informal setting, but now we are taking it to the big screen. I don't know what else to call it, but you know what I'm trying to say. So Noelle, welcome. Introduce yourself. Tell us about your background in nutrition and health and how you ended up on this path. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on this podcast for the girls. This is so funny because we do always talk about this and it's nice to kind of have a more formal conversation around it. So thank you for having me on. But so again, I'm Noelle. I am a health coach. My background is I went to school at Brooklyn College for my undergrad. I studied dietetics. I then went on to pursue my dietetic internship with a program called Wellness Workdays, where I also completed my master's program in exercise and sports science. And now I am enrolled in the School of Applied Functional Medicine because in this field, the education and learning does not stop. And this is definitely more my speed because I am very holistic and I love functional medicine. So I'm excited to talk more about holistic ways in this topic today. Yeah, I, I'm all for the holistic approach. And I feel like we're, we're people who in general, like we don't even really take medicine or do or do anything other than just, you know, the usual, like, do you have ginger? Do you have lemon? Like, do you have this and that? So we'll get into all that kind of stuff. And I know immunity in itself is a whole other topic. We are more so going to just focus on gut health today. First things first, let's talk about the importance of gut health. What all does your gut affect and why should people really be focused on improving their overall gut health? This is probably one of my favorite topics to discuss because I truly believe that all health resides in the gut and stems from the gut. So I don't even know where to begin, but just as for a start, the gut affects immunity, brain health, our skin, it truly affects everything. 
obviously from the absorption of our nutrients. So this is why I truly believe it's the foundation. And if that's not working well and working as it should be, expect to start seeing like a domino effect of other health issues occur. So usually when someone is experiencing any sort of health issue, the first thing I think of and want to address and go over is their gut health. So in terms of, you know, the gut and the brain, which I think is so fascinating and why I think we should really be focusing on it more is that the gut and our brain actually is connected and we consider the gut our second brain. And one of my favorite quotes that I, I see all the time is that when the gut gets damaged, so does the brain. So essentially our gut sends these signals and messages to our brain to produce hormones such as serotonin, which is your happy hormone, even, you know. I always see people talking about serotonin on TikTok. They're like serotonin vibes. Like they see like a Christmas movie, (laughs) not a Christmas movie, like a Christmas themed TikTok. Yes, everybody knows my whole TikTok for you pages about Christmas and people are like serotonin vibes. Yeah, no, literally, yeah. Like that's your happy hormone. We love a good serotonin vibe. We always want to be happy, right? And be at peace with ourselves. So I feel like if you start focusing on your gut health more, you'll be able to kind of have that signaling. What's a good word for it? It's just going to work better. If you ever also hear some people say, you know, you are what you eat. If you're eating junk, if you're eating crap, then you're going to feel like crap and you're going to feel like junk. What I also think is so fascinating about the gut brain connection is that a lot of people more than likely, if they have like chronic anxiety and depression, when you start focusing on their gut health, you'll start to see that anxiety decrease, their depression improve. Obviously a a little more goes into depression, but I've worked with some people that had really chronic anxiety. And once we kind of found the backstory of their gut health and started to improve it, their anxiety just improved so much and is basically non-existent, so. Wow. Yeah, so it's, it's it's a more holistic approach to treating that. Right, right, right. Instead of, because especially things like anxiety and depression and mental health, I mean, it puts people on some serious, serious, strong medications. And that's another topic for another day. But but it's it's interesting to know that there are holistic, holistic ways around almost everything. And someone that I have followed for a long time is medical medium. And I'm sure you you see everything that he posts as well. And it's just so intriguing to see the things that people overcome internally, externally by really focusing, like you said, on their gut health. So what would you say are some easy telltale signs of an unhealthy gut that the common person maybe wouldn't really catch on to? The first thing I think of a telltale sign that people think is, I feel like nowadays people normalize it, which I don't know why, but bloating. And I'm not talking about just like that uncomfortable bloating that you might feel when yes, something is like really up and you feel, like I said, uncomfortable. But even after a basic meal, I think everyone in the morning wakes up with a a nice flat tummy. And then throughout the day as they're eating, yes, of course, you're going to get like a little bit just because you are eating you might be eating and drinking at the same time, which is just filling yourself up. But to be honest, it's, it's really unpopular opinion. It's really not normal. So that is one of the first things I would say. Second to that, in terms of bloating, this is where you see this domino effect and interconnectedness. 
how one thing starts to lead to another, but it's also, this might be TMI, but your bowel movements. I want to make pooping normal again for people. (laughs) (laughs) Because honestly, I hear some people say like, oh yeah, I haven't gone in like a few days or like a couple of days. And I'm just like red flag, (laughs) red flag. That is probably the worst thing I ever want to hear someone say. (laughs) And sometimes girls, we can get a little uncomfortable if we're like at a guy's house, which I get, or like when you're first dating someone. And it's funny because like in reverse, if I notice like someone's like not going to the bathroom, I'm like, their gut must be like really messed up. (laughs) Like, like, you know, I'm like, like, you should go to the bathroom. Like you should probably go to the bathroom (laughs) and it's okay. Because if you're not, I'm thinking of why aren't you like, are you not getting enough fibers, something (laughs) going on? So that's my health nerd coming out. I mean, everyone should be at least going once a day. And if you're not, then something is totally off and kind of reverse if you're going too much then right you know you're not absorbing your nutrients and things are ending up in places where they shouldn't be ending up in and then I would say your skin is another telltale sign you and I both I feel like have experienced our fair share of skin issues and I feel like it it wasn't until I really started focusing on my gut health more so I always do but I felt like this year I really honed in on it and just start doing a little bit of different things for it. And I have seen my skin improve drastically. And I know a lot of people think skin is just hormonal, but like I said, again, everything is so interconnected in a domino effect. So like, you're not going to the bathroom. This is why you're bloated. And then in turn, you're not going to the bathroom. You're not excreting things you should be excreting like toxins, excess hormones. And then that is all those toxins are being built up and coming out through your skin. Everything. Yes. It's, this is why I think gut health is truly just like the foundation of everything, because if that's messed up, then that's another thing's going to get messed up because the gut isn't just like your stomach. It's your small intestine. It's your large intestine. So like, you have to think of it really like as a whole system instead of just like maybe thinking of your stomach, which people might just assume they don't realize what other internal bodily organs are associated with it. So, right, right, right. I, I love that you're saying all that, how it all intertwines because I saw a, cause I, on, you know, aside from just liking Christmas videos, I also watch health videos. So my for you page has things that come up about health a lot as well. And I saw a video of I guess she was a health coach or, or whatever, something in your field of, of the sort. And mm-hmm. she was talking about waste. And I love how you're saying with the bloating and the going to the bathroom and all that stuff kind of triggering your skin, because people were talking about how, and this is such a normal and common thing that people overeat because they don't want to waste food. So say that they're already full, but there's still half of a sandwich on their plate. They don't want to throw away the food because they don't want to waste it. But she was kind of talking about your gut, your stomach and your digestive system is going to treat it like waste anyway. So if you don't throw it out, it's you're gonna you're basically like you're pretty much treating your stomach your gut the way you're treating a garbage can it's going to waste away anyway and it's gonna do pretty much like what you're saying you're gonna end up having 
chronic bloating. Sometimes it might even be painful or sometimes it may not be painful, but just kind of never really goes away. You might not go to the bathroom enough or you might be going to the bathroom too much, which ultimately ends up having way too many toxins and other sort of bacterias and whatnot and in your in your system, which ultimately leads to bad skin. And, you, you know, like you said, the brain and brain fog and fatigue and all that kind of stuff, your energy. You know, she just basically was saying like, it's gonna, it's going to waste no matter what. Like if you're full, throw it out because why throw it out in your stomach and, and waste it and end up causing all these problems to you instead of being so worried about throwing the food in the garbage. Yeah, definitely. Your digestive system takes so much energy to digest your food essentially. So if you're, if you're constantly overeating, then you're just, it's going to take that much more energy to break down that food. And then, like you said, that's when you can get really fatigued and not feel great. And yeah, if your, your body knows when it needs to utilize nutrients, for instance, like if you're eating, this might be a little off topic, but like people like to overeat protein and it's like your body can only handle so much of that protein. And then exactly it just goes to kind of waste and you're going to excrete it out. So for me on this topic of, of easy telltale signs, you kind of already mentioned it, that we both struggled with acne for so long and acne, one of them, and then bloating is the other. I, I wouldn't say I get bloated after every meal. Like if I have sushi or something, that's fine. But then it comes down to the other things like pizza and pasta. Of course, my hand goes straight to my stomach. Like, oh my God, I'm, I'm so full. I'm so bloated. So those were the signs for me for sure about my gut. But ultimately, throughout my life, I've always been dairy free and I've never had meat in my diet, you know, since I was a kid. No cheese, no milk, nothing like that. Never ate chicken, never ate steak. Like I, I really, my source of protein was always fish. But then, of course, after some time, as I got older and really started to know and understand more about gut health, I started to cut out more. But I was definitely a little inconsistent with these things. You know, I was cutting out soy, gluten, added sugars. I definitely have committed to corn. I've cut out corn like completely. I, I, I really, I won't lie, of course, like I don't always necessarily read every single package on everything. And I'm sure that there's some sorts of corn sneaking their way in there. But I, I definitely am more conscious of corn starch and corn syrup. And I, I you know, I stay away from that. But I really was focusing on any package that showed it had added sugars, I wouldn't get. If I was eating pasta, I'd have gluten-free and of course, alternatives to soy sauce like coconut aminos, which you actually introduced me to, which works just as great as soy sauce without the soy, of course. So I started to cut out those sorts of foods. But like I said, I was inconsistent and I'm, I'm still currently inconsistent. I eat gluten pretty much all the time now. But when I was really focused on that, you know, I did see that improvement. I did see the change. So can you tell us why these foods negatively affect us so much or what other foods that we should be cautious of that maybe I didn't mention? Yeah, I love that question. And also a little side note, fun fact, soy sauce also has gluten in it, which not a lot of people know. So just while we're on that topic, because I know people like try to avoid it for soy, but they don't really realize that it also has gluten in it, which could be affecting them. But I think I'm pretty sure you're familiar with this term, which is called leaky gut. Some people probably see this word floating around, but might not actually know what it is. So why some of these foods can actually be a little detrimental and why people might have some food intolerances is that is because 
your gut lining, the gut junctions, they're supposed to literally be like tight. So I know like you can't, you can see me, but put your like fingers together and hold them like that. Your gut is supposed to be tight like that. And then over time due to a compromised gut, such from, you know, environmental toxins, pathogens, bad bacteria, just not enough good bacteria that starts to just these tight junctions just start to slowly, but surely separate. And now they're separated. And this is where things can start sneaking in there that shouldn't be going in there. So that could be undigested food particles, which is why some people can handle certain foods and other people can't. Um, so that gets in there again, toxins get in there, pathogens get in there and it, it can create a space for the bad bacteria to start growing. And that's like, you know, like yeast and candida parasites. So once things start getting into those, like that junction, that's when all hell breaks loose and what causes havoc in there. So yeah, some of these foods and another important aspect of why specifically soy, corn, and even gluten, I would say to avoid because they are the most heavily genetically modified crops. Um, and they're sprayed with a ton of what's called glyphosate. So some people might not, might know what it is. You might've heard the term, but glyphosate is a herbicidal ingredient in commercial weed killing products. So this is what's sprayed on non-organic crops to have them last longer, longer throughout seasons, throughout transport and whatnot. That's what's most commonly in soybeans, grains, some rice products. Um, and there's actually a strong correlation between gluten intolerance and glyphosate toxicity. So this glyphosate, which is an environmental toxin, can also cause these tight junctions to, you know, separate. And then your body is going to see these food particles as a foreign substance and other things like the pathogens and whatnot. And it's going to create antibodies. And that's why you can lead to food intolerances or food allergies. Not only is it, you know, inflammatory, but it's also the way they're grown now because you just went to Italy and I don't know if you've had any of the pasta or I'm sure you did, but did you notice a difference of how you felt compared to when you eat it there? And then when you have it here, right. Right. And my coworker actually was just in Italy too. She has a gluten intolerance. I would say she doesn't do well with it. And also with dairy and she said everything in Italy was, she's like, I felt so fine. Like I didn't have any bloating, any fatigue, nothing because over there they have such stricter food policies and what they put in their ing ingredients and their food and how they grow their food. It's more, I feel like the environmental toxins that are being on our food as opposed to the food itself. Because if you have like an organic corn on the cob, like I'm sure you'd be fine. I think what we really need to start focusing on in terms of food and what we should be cutting out, we need to really focus on the root cause of healing this tight junction and getting it back together. Yes, taking those foods out will help because they're kind of, they're causing more damage and you can't really fix your gut if you're consuming the foods that are damaging it. So definitely removing them for a little while. And then once you kind of have a good gut protocol going on, you can start to reintroduce them and see how you feel. You don't have to have it every day, but I think eventually you can tolerate it more. Okay. Got it. So then what would you say are the perfect first steps for beginners to focus on that, to getting it back tight mm -hmm. and, and really working on their gut health? I wouldn't say that it's easy or normal to just 
cut everything out at once, which you also don't really want to do because then you can't really pinpoint which one is specifically the problem. So what would be the first way to kind of ease into that? Yeah, I totally agree. And I wouldn't, like you said, I would not recommend removing everything at once because you're not going to be able to tell. And sometimes that could actually cause more stress on you and worse in your gut health. I would first remove, let's start like basic and simple, which I feel like we all have to start getting back to instead of kind of doing everything at once, just getting back to basics removing all processed foods, all added sugars, um, mostly the processed foods, and just really start with whole, whole foods. That's it. No packaging, no, none of that stuff. And trying to buy organic when you can, I know it's not feasible for everyone, but the more we can try and change the things we control, I think the better off you are in the long run. You pay for your health either now with the food you eat or you pay for it later on and going to doctors. So sometimes we have to put a little priority into what's going to be best for us. But yeah, so I would say just removing all processed foods. And again, I think the ones to kind of look out for would just be like reading the ingredients and looking for like refined oils, such as like canola oil, soy oil, Definitely would try to avoid gluten. There's so many gluten-free alternatives right now that it's easy to find, but you don't have to do it all at once. You can, you know, just start removing gluten maybe three times a week, maybe four times a week, or however much you feel comfortable with removing. You have to kind of check in with yourself and see what you're ready to do first, as opposed to just like being super ambitious, which is really great, but in the long run can kind of be detrimental and it could be too much at once, but also this is not medical advice. I want to preface that. And just, if you are interested in taking supplements, I think you should really seek out a practitioner, a dietitian, a nutritionist, someone who is certified in recommending these, because I see a lot of people on TikTok and Instagram and whatnot, you know, recommending certain things, which is some are safe, but sometimes they're not properly utilized. And I don't want you to spend money that you don't need to be spending if you're not using it right. But what is a safe supplement I think you can start incorporating would be glutamine. So that will start tightening up those junctions. Again, I would take that in the morning on an empty stomach. Also, I would recommend a spore-based probiotic because if your gut is compromised, then any, any supplement you're going to put in, if it's not in like a liquid or powdered form, it's going to just be out the door. Like it's not even going to get absorbed and utilized. So I would do a spore because that spore holds the integrity of being able to go down your digestive tract. Those are probably my two biggest ones you can start implementing. Wow. Wow. That's all such important information. And I think you know, I know how some people are too. And, and I want to make sure people know that starting and doing every single thing at once, like, and then changing everything overnight is probably not really sustainable. And from my own advice, I remember last year, 2020 during COVID when, I mean, I don't know who I'm fooling because I'm home all the time every day anyway, but for some (laughs) reason, just the energy was different. And I, I just, just everything was different about the whole like kind of forced to being home type of thing. And during Mm -hmm. that time period, I cut everything out and I was on a million different supplements. And then I just kind of cold Turkey went off everything just because then the energy shifted. Mm -hmm. So 
for me, you know, my advice is to take Noel's advice, of course, but to do things on a day by day trial and week by week and month by month, because don't do what I did, which was do every single thing at once, just because my mindset was in the right place. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And my energy was there. And I was like, all ready to go. And then it was like, no more quarantine energy was shifted. And I just like stopped doing all that stuff. And I just kind of went right back to my normal routine. It did ultimately help me being more conscious, like I said, with corn and added sugars and soy, but ultimately I'm not 100% perfect like I was last year. I don't take my supplements every single morning. Sometimes I do, but sometimes I forget. I think if you are like kinder to yourself and like slowly introducing things, you're going to just build such a much more sustainable routine rather than kind of like that impulsive binging, like doing everything at once. And then you just like go cold turkey off of everything. So I think it does take some trial and error. Thanks for all that information and advice. And I just, I know how people are and they, they'll hear something once and then they'll run with it. And then it's like three months down the line, they completely forgot that they even started that. So Let's not do that. And everyone is so bio individual. So what works for you is not going to work for someone else. Yeah. These are kind of like basic things I would probably put someone on because it can't, it's not going to hurt them. It's only going to help them, but there might be something else that we have to address that we might need to add a few more supplements, or we might have to assist in your other pathways and then get to the gut. We can't really like I said, everyone is so bio-individual. So what works for you and what you need is going to be way different than someone else and what they need and what their symptoms are. So you can both be bloating, but one can be from something else as opposed to maybe someone has like, you know, IBS or SIBO. There's just so many different reasons. Yeah. Everyone has a different makeup and a different science that's going on on the inside. And you have, this is definitely not a one size fits all type of thing. So I love that. Okay. So before we wrap this up, I want to quickly switch it up here. I want to change the topic for a second. I mean, staying on brand, but since we are talking to the girls, let's talk birth control for a second, because I'm sure most listeners are either on birth control or have been on birth control at some point. What would you say are the negative and maybe even the positive effects that birth control has on your gut? Are there better alternatives than being on birth control? Tell us a little bit about your experience with that. Yeah, well, I personally have never taken birth control. And to be honest, I'm very glad um, I haven't. It's not something that I personally needed and wanted. And like the more I learned about it, the more, you know, when I was able to make that decision for myself, if I want to go on it or not, it was def- it was a hard no for me. But this is something that you know have to kind of like weigh out your pros and cons for it. You know, some people are on it because they want to prevent pregnancy, which is totally fine. Like no judgment at all if you want to be on birth control or whatnot. But I think people go on birth control sometimes for the wrong reasons because of a diagnosis of how their period is. But for me, why I personally wouldn't want to be on birth control and some of the negative side effects. I mean, you should know the the side, the pros and cons of any medication your doctor is going to prescribe you on. So essentially every medication, even aspirin, like, and also birth control, that's technically a medication. It's going to affect the lining of your gut. Like we said, those tight junctions, it's going to disrupt that. It's going to disrupt your micro microbiome and increase that leaky gut. So because of that, because of that disruption, in the microbiome, the leaky gut going on, it's going to inhibit some 
vitamins from being absorbed, such as, you know, your B vitamins, your B12, your folate, minerals, magnesium, zinc, which um, selenium, vitamin E, which is important for that skin health. So that's personally why I think are more so the cons of how that could negatively affect you and something you might not know of or might want to think about before you make that decision. Or if you've been thinking about making that decision of coming off of it or feeling off while you're on it, you know, that could be a reason. I don't think people also supplement correctly for these deficiencies that might be going on. And another big thing, again, we're going to talk about that large intestine aspect of the gut. You have an estrobiome. So think of microbiome, estrobiome. So estrobiome is in your large intestine. And when that's imbalanced and that becomes imbalanced due to medications, diet, lifestyle, but specifically that we're on the topic of birth control, birth control can mess that up and it dysregulates the estrogen in our body. So it can influence an increase in estrogen, estrogen related diseases, and you're not able to properly excrete the excess hormones that you should be. Wow. That's, it's a lot of information and it's a lot to absorb and understand, but it's really important to know and understand because it's true that like doctors are so quick to prescribe birth control for so many different Thing yeah. other than the purpose that it really ultimately serves, which is preventing pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And I'll preface this by saying that I was on birth control for 10 years. So I am not on it anymore, but I was initially put on it at a very young age because of having irregular periods and all that. And at the end of the day, it helped my periods from being so crazy because I did get my period at a super young age. So it helped me from having really heavy, crazy periods but then I wasn't getting my period at all, which Mm -hmm. is not normal. Right. So I got to an age that I, I, I didn't feel comfortable not having my period, even without thinking that I'm pregnant. I just was like, I don't like knowing that my body isn't doing what it's supposed to do. I stopped being on it. And there have been other reasons why doctors and what have you have prescribed it for me over the years. You know, when I've seen doctors from my skin or whatever, And I'm just like, birth control should not be the solution to my acne. Like birth control should not be the solution to that. So I pretty much have stopped seeing doctors in that regard altogether, because like we said, you know, we, for the past couple of years have really been studying and, and observing a more holistic approach to just our health overall in general. And I, I, you know, I'm at the age where I don't want to be on birth control. I would hate for it to cause any sort of infertility and issues and things because of staying on it for far too long. So I personally am not on it anymore for reasons like what you just said, you know, I've learned so much about it and there's just so many other ways around these problems. And of course there are other contraceptives, you know, to avoid pregnancy. If you're not trying to get pregnant, then being on birth control. But of course we don't judge if you're on it because I personally was on it and almost everyone that we know has either been on it or is currently on it. It's not, it's not abnormal. I'd say it's pretty common, but yeah, the more, you know, right. I, yeah. Again, I think it's, I think people are put on it for the wrong reasons to help fix a heavy period. You know, some people think that is the only answer, but it's not the only answer. So, and it's, that's not to shame anyone or again, like past judgment, it's just like misinformation and or lack of information on other ways to treat it. Right. 
you know, we need to definitely live more consciously in noticing like when we really start to feel negative things taking place. And I mean, for me, it's something that I, I wish I would have really tracked or journaled or even just documented, like when I started something different, how I was feeling that day, then the days to follow and the weeks to follow and the months to follow, then just really being able to take note and pinpoint what I'm doing or what I'm not doing at certain times and how I feel negatively and positively during those times as a result of making these changes and making these shifts. And it's something that we just don't do. You know, we live pretty subconsciously. We just kind of float on with our days. And, you know, it's it's not, it's not really the norm to be like, I'm going to document what medications I'm taking, what foods I'm eating, what I'm not eating, how my brain felt today, how my bloating felt today. But it is something that I think maybe we could all be more conscious of doing so that we are aware of what what does work for us and what doesn't work for us. Yeah. And just being present. I mean, health to me is literally your mind, body, and spirit. So for me, that is all interconnected and your, your body's not feeling well. How can you expect your mind and your spirit to, to feel well also? And which again, going back to that gut brain connection, you know, ever, ever have that, you know, nervous or bad feeling in your stomach, like that's, that's your body talking to you. And we don't often listen to our bodies because we're so hustling, bustling to the next thing. And we have a deadline to hit or we're stuck in traffic. And we're just, like you said, floating by, but really starting to think of that mind, body, spirit connection and how, how your body just interacts and talks to each other. 100%. I love that. We, we know a woman's intuition. We always say yeah. it. I have a gut feeling. <laughs> I have a gut feeling, right? Well, there's a reason why we mm-hmm. put so much faith and trust in our gut, right? I have a gut feeling. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Thank you so much, Noelle, for all your Thank knowledge. You. And <laughs> this was great. We will do this again sometime. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Okay, girlies, the more you know, am I right? I found so much value in that. I learned so much from that. And even as someone who is passionate and has been looking into these things and researching and studying for a couple of years, you really can never know too much. And there's always something more to learn. So that was really, really, really helpful for me. And I hope that it was just as helpful for you. So be sure to leave a review, leave five stars, follow, subscribe, whatever you got to do to support For The Girls. Give me a follow on at ForTheGirls.podcast on Instagram and I will see you next time, girls.